Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Gigabit Nation, broadband talk radio. I'm your host, Craig Settles, and I want to thank everyone in the audience for taking time to be with us today. Our mission, as always, is to provide information to help public, private, and nonprofit organizations get faster, better broadband everywhere it needs to be in these United States. Um, no matter how you slice it or dice it, um, the uh, broadband adoption efforts that you see going around, these are marketing campaigns, meaning that you're engaged in an effort to educate, motivate, close constituents on the value and virtues of high-speed Internet access, and you're ultimately doing this to produce subscribers or numbers of subscribers to your network. Multi-dwelling units, or MDUs, are your apartments, dorms, office buildings, places where numbers of people live or work. And so when you're developing your broadband strategy, MDUs need to be a critical part of the equation. Our guest today is Brian Rader, who's the founder and CEO of Bandwidth Consulting. And since 2007, Brian and his company has been fully engaged in uh, what we call multifamily uh, the multifamily technology industry. So it's it's pretty safe to say that, that Brian knows a little something about MDUs and broadband. Brian, welcome to the show. And Great. Thank you, Craig. You're welcome. Let's start with a little bit about your, your, your company and what you guys do, and then, and then we can go into the relationship of uh, MDUs and broadband strategy. Sure. So um, I, I've been in the MDU industry for about 20 years, uh, initially on the apartment side of the business, making decisions for uh, cable and uh, phone providers for our apartment communities around the country, and then started my own what's known as a PCO or an independent cable company that provided services to apartments around the southeast. And then after selling that company, started consulting with both other cable operators, fiber to the home providers, and in many cases, condominium associations and, and real estate management companies as well. So we cover the gamut of the MDU market. Mm-hmm. So if I were to break down, you know, why this is important, I would start by saying that, that MDUs or, I guess, multi-tenant dwellings, which are the commercial version of that, you, you basically are breaking it down into two groups uh, or two categories. One are your residential buildings, uh, your dorms, uh, high-rise apartments, low-income housing projects, and the like. And then you have a commercial aspect, which are your um, office buildings, your uh, incubators, those types of uh, multi-tenant, um, multi-tenant units where uh, you have a lot of business folks cat- uh, working. Is that a fair breakdown of the? Category? Yeah. That's a very fair, and I think that the, the reason that MDU, uh, speaking first about the, the residential side, has been so attractive is it's, first of all, it's scale. It, it represents roughly 30% of the total housing stock in the U.S. Uh, for a long time, people thought of the MDU business as secondary to the SFU or single-family business in terms of the quality of the consumer. That's clearly not the case, um, and I think a lot of the current competitors in this market have brought a single-family mentality to a multifamily business or an MDU business that have done a very poor job of satisfying this market. And it's a much larger business than I think many folks uh, appreciate. Um, And an MDU is made up of a number of categories. There are senior housing. There is student housing. There are condominium associations. Certainly in 
big markets like New York, Seattle, Chicago, South Florida, you'll see a lot of condominium associations. And then you have hotels, uh, hotel rooms and hospitality, and then traditional apartments, garden-style apartments, mid-rise, high-rise. This collectively represents about 30 million-plus living units or, or potential customer units across the country. And a lot of the big, not to mention any companies by name, but a lot of the big telco and cable companies have targeted this market with much the same strategy as they have single-family, and they haven't done a great job. Uh, and I think that, that that's the case to a lesser extent in the MTU business or the commercial side of the MTU business as well. And, and uh, while they've done a, a more effective job targeting that market, they uh, on the MDU side, certainly on the residential side, their strategy, their product, their solution has not been all that effective. And as we see and from my history in this business, we see the, this as a great opportunity for independent companies, whether they're providing fiber uh, or, or not, to to bring a better solution to to a market that's not only unhappy with what what is being offered, but certainly there, there's great scale uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Let's let's take this from the top. Okay, say I am uh, a service provider, regional telco or co-op, or even a, a community is building a you know public utility or local government-run broadband network, high-speed network. Where do, do the MDUs and the MTUs fit into my planning? You know, I'm thinking that okay, we don't have enough. Uh, broadband. We're bringing it in. We're beefing it up. We want to get, you know, we want to answer the chairman's call, the FCC chairman's call for Gigabit City. Where does the MDUs fit into that planning picture? So, in in, in a lot of the uh, deployments to date, we hear a lot about targeting community anchors and looking for opportunities to engage, whether it's schools or libraries or public uh, facilities. Uh, hotels, healthcare, hospitality, senior living, and and apartments and condos. And so you start to look at these different community anchors in a particular deployment. And what has happened is the MDU business often becomes the most profitable element of that of that anchor uh, of those anchors. I, I often think of it as as if you were building a a shopping mall, and you might uh, focus on the Gap or Victoria's Secret or some of those small shops in the middle of the mall, uh, and that might be like a, a, a hotel or a, a small single-family customer, and that's nice to have as part of your gigabit deployment. But what what really drives revenue are these big anchors, and, and whether that's a, a Nordstrom or a Neiman Marcus or a, uh, a Dillard's, for instance, those anchors are ultimately the MDU businesses and, and, and the MDU opportunities because you can have a a 200-unit, a 300-unit, a 600-unit condominium that can sign a uh, not just an access agreement but a bulk agreement to deliver gigabit broadband to that building for a long period of time uh, with a revenue stream that is significant. And, and I think from a planning perspective, as, as, as service providers uh, look at this market, as an opportunity and, and certainly target a variety of community anchors, the most important one, at least from a revenue standpoint that I have seen, has really been this MDU uh, business opportunity. So I think it has to be a, a, a significant driver, uh, uh, a priority, uh, j- just to make your numbers uh, work. And, and so I, I think, I think that, that it's a, a key component, and also from a priority standpoint. So as you're laying out 
your network and looking at where you, you may go first, I think these are some of the key anchors looking at where your clusters of MDU communities might be in a particular market. Uh, often you'll see four or five condos or apartments um, and there's typically a street that may have several apartment communities in a row, and I think that becomes a great opportunity from a deployment strategy on, on where you may prioritize your deployment. Mm -hmm. So it's a, um, you know, so my marketing mind kicks in and says, well, basically we're we're talking about uh, bundling up subscriptions. I mean, in our mind, that's what we're looking at. You know, I can sell a thousand homes that may be spread out, which means I'm gonna have to build a network to cover you know, a whole neighborhood or half the town or whatever, and then I'm going to have to market to those homes to get them as subscribers. Or I can say we have, you know, five big condo complexes, uh, five dorms from the nearby university, and so maybe we go to them and say, look, why don't you be the first uh, subscribers in mass, or you go to the property owner, manager, whomever, and you, you, you allow yourself to capture a decent sized subscriber base without necessarily the same build out costs or the same marketing costs. Yep. At least initially. Yeah, that, that, that's that's exactly right. And I think that you know that opens up the next question which is what are the drivers for that MDU to to want to have uh gigabit service uh, initially, particularly if they're one of the first in the market. And I think uh I, I think that the key uh influencers are bringing broadband and making the, the, the product part of their marketing uh, because at the end of the day, they're leasing apartments. They're trying to retain residents. They're trying to raise rents. Their, their market is very competitive. Obviously, right now, um, the EMDU business is very strong. The rental housing market is very strong, and, and property managers are, are able to raise rents. Occupancies are, are very solid, but we've seen the market come and go, and so they're always looking for competitive advantages. And having fiber to the home, having gigabit broadband can be a, a, a wonderful uh, amenity. In fact, uh, a, a lot of property management companies today are calling technology the, the most important amenity in their business. Uh, last year, RVA did a study uh, and found that, that among MDU owners, that almost 60% said that their customers felt that broadband was, a very, was very important to them and four out of ten were saying that prospects were actually asking about broadband service during the leasing process. So we know that, that for MDU owners, certainly in the rental side, having very fast broadband, often much faster than, than the local market has today, can be a competitive advantage. And so building a program to target that audience, and I think you have to do it differently whether it's a condo or an apartment or other forms of MDU, senior student housing, but uh, building a program that can customize a solution uh, and, and, and make it part of their amenity package can be very attractive to them. Mm -hmm. So there's a there's a win-win to be structured, but you have to be aware of uh, what the the selling points and so forth are. Correct, and 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 I think that one of the weaknesses historically in the MDU business has been that that. Many technology providers have have looked at the MDU business in a very general way and and and, and said that this 50 unit community or this 200 unit community they they essentially all uh, operate the same way and they all look at our product in the same manner and that that's really not the right way to look at it. 
the most effective service providers have been those that can customize, unlike the big cable and big phone companies, can customize their, their, their technologies and their solutions for each MDU and make it more attractive to that, to that clientele. If it's a, uh, an apartment community with primarily a 20-something uh, single, no children uh, environment, then you can build a package for that clientele. If it's a uh, adult community, 55 active retiree type community in, let's say, South Florida, you can design a package for that audience. I think having the ability to customize on an MDU by MDU basis is very important, and it's really the difference. Uh, it, it, it's a difference maker because it's what the, the current MSOs like Comcast and Time Warner and Charter and Cox and others are not able to do. Um, they they provide the same package to every MDU. They provide the same package to every single family customer. That's created a gap and an opportunity for us in the market to make our product a, a, uh, a attractive and, and a competitive, competitive advantage for the property owner as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we're definitely looking at um, customization, awareness of uh, the various needs, which it seems like if you do an effective needs assessment project, if you're on the front end, you know, you're talking to your various stakeholders, if you pay particular attention to those MDUs during that process, wouldn't the, the, the strategy for how to sell them more or less fall out of that exercise? In other words, by asking, you know what to then do later? It, 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 it very well it can, uh, provided that the, uh, that the fiber to the home provider has a, a good understanding of the MDU business and brings experts in that, that get this market, that understand this market, that can speak to this market, uh, and, and, and bring, a, uh, bring that knowledge to, to the table. And I think your, your, your question about needs assessment is really the, the key issue, uh, and that's sitting down with a uh, with all stakeholders: the the on-site management, the leasing staff, the property owner, um, the resident profile. Getting a, 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 as much of an understanding of of everybody within that that food chain, so to speak, and understanding what issues they have today, what they don't like about their current services that are offered on their community, what they do like, and what they're looking for. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I work with uh, buildings around the country that are not happy with what they have today, and, and one of the first things that most uh, good management companies will do is assess the needs of their clientele and under, understand what it is that, that they're lacking. If, if their market, if their audience is a heavy uh, Spanish clientele and the current provider only has three Spanish channels, well, we know that's a, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I think that that is before you enter the community with a solution, you got to figure out what the needs are and what the issues are um, to be able to pro- provide a, a a real solution for that audience. Mm-hmm. Let's shift gears for a second and talk about the uh, commercial side of, of the house here. Um, in a in a couple of projects, in fact, one of the guests on the show from Wed. Red Wing, Minnesota, uh, don't try saying that after two beers, um, <laughs> came on and <laughs> talked about the fact that they were using uh, a, a building that they, they picked out uh, to convert it into a super high-tech, super gigged-up uh, complex to drive, uh, to attract and drive business that are startups. 
and 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 yep. tie those startups with other uh, incubators and uh, VCs and the whole realm of uh, you know different support types of organizations uh, via via broadband via a gigabit network. Um, will we see more of this kind of stuff happen, or maybe a better question is, should we actually encourage communities? to say, look, can you create one building or a couple of buildings as kind of a focal point for a set of uh, gigabit or high-speed applications and use that to drive the rest of their broadband strategy, at least as it pertains to economic development? Yeah, yeah I think it's a, great, it's a great piece of a larger strategy. And mm -hmm. um, if we look at Google Fiber in Kansas City, for instance, obviously they've made that part of their their strategy from an early adopter standpoint, one of the areas that they're uh, uh, investing time in and an early uh, part of their deployment is in a uh, in, in an incubator-like uh, footprint. And um, I, I don't know the Red Wing Minnesota um, deployment, but I think it makes great sense to do that. It, it can attract new startups. Uh, there are a lot of great things you can do when you have a gig uh, of bandwidth and a lot of these companies are, are, are playing with incredible speeds and, and, and developing applications today, and it uh, attracts uh, more new uh, newcomer companies, often started by young 20-somethings. And uh, I think it's a great, it, it's a great part of an overall uh, business strategy uh, mm -hmm. for a, a lot of these deployments. Okay. So, so it definitely seems like uh, something to consider. In the Red Wing situation, they had built their uh, their their fiber network, and that was already up and, and operational. Uh, and the um, uh, the 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 super incubator, if you will, that idea came about as part of a campaign to accelerate adoption. Right, so they're already in yeah. business and they're selling it. Now I'm working with a, a town in uh, Iowa, Atoma, where they're creating the ground, you know, the, the plan itself for what kind of a network they're going to have. It's on, you know, it's, it's very likely it's going to be uh, fiber, maybe with fiber with a wireless overlay. And um, and it was interesting. A state rep, a state senator came in to as part of the needs assessment process. And said, so what you need to do is find a focal point, and it should be a physical focal point, right? It should be a building, yep. something. Yep. Create a set of services, or create a set of tenants, or something that that makes the building special, and then leverage that uh, to to move forward. So I think it it plays in both. You know, you have a network, and you want to accelerate adoption, or you're on the front end of planning, and you're trying to figure out, you know. What's everything we can do to make the launch of this network successful? Yeah, and I think early adoption is very important for any of the uh, launches. Um, one of the groups I'm working with, um, Gig Gigabit Squared, is is working on in one of their markets on MD on an MDU opportunity, and one of the first components of their deployment will likely be one of these MDUs. The customer in that building is the classic early adopter. It's a twenty something. Uh, doesn't watch traditional TV the way uh, older residents or older customers do, um, it, it, and is very interested in, in very fast broadband, will consume everything you give them, and it's the perfect early adopter or almost like an incubator-like uh, environment. Uh, I, I think one of the great things about, uh, circling back to MDU for a minute, one of the great things about 
this market in in many uh particularly in urban environments or suburban environments you may have an apartment community or a condo that attracts young 20 somethings maybe their first uh first uh, ho- first household they they they've had and uh and and that customer uh is not a 5 or 10 meg broadband uh by uh $90 a month worth of traditional TV services uh, they 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 don't they don't consume their content that way. In many cases, they're broadband only customers, and mm-hmm. so selling to that audience is very different. And 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 they are the over the top customer. They they are uh, lo- looking for content differently. They use YouTube and Xbox as as their vehicles, or Roku or Apple TV as their vehicle for or their platform for for consuming content. And and that is a a, a great customer to attract in an early adopter environment. In the MBU business, certain apartment communities are filled with that that type of customer. So it becomes a great uh, opportunity for an early adopter situation. And I think in this business, uh, you know, we're, we're also consumed with gigabit speed and, and what gigabit can do. The end user doesn't know often the difference between 50 meg and 100 meg or 25 meg and 100 meg. And so... We have to show them. I think there's a big show-and-tell component to this business. Um, I like what Google did in Kansas City. I like what other um, companies that are that are, are in deployment stage are, are doing by creating either a retail location or a show-and-tell environment to let customers or prospective customers play with the, uh, the, the bandwidth and, and, and understand what can happen when you have this kind of capacity brought to your, uh, brought to your apartment or your condo. Mhm. And this is this idea actually just occurred to me. We had a guest a couple days yeah, a couple days ago talking about the role of libraries in the um broadband effort because libraries are a central uh gathering point within communities. And and one of the points that Don means uh made was that you know you could you could create many showrooms, if you will, in the library because people are there. Would that kind of thinking make sense if you were looking at uh, traditional MDUs, you know, your dorms, your high-rises, that kind of thing? Uh, I'm not sure I understand the question in terms of setting up a lab, so to speak, that prospective customers could, could trial the service. Right, exactly. Like, for example, in, in Kansas City and in Chattanooga, you know, they have these uh, kids, these folks come in and, and create applications. You know, it's basically play on our gigabit network, create applications, let's show those off to the world. In yeah. theory, couldn't you do something similar in your MDUs? You know, if someone has this idea for a, um, you know, a product that could be sold to anybody who, who, you know, who's a typical residential customer, and they would say, well, you know, in this building, I can go downstairs and there's a, you know, a room or whatever that has certain resources I can use to help develop um, applications. I mean, it's, 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 I'm literally like forming this off the top of my head. So yeah, no, I think it, I think it, it, in in the MBU market today, particularly in apartments, and particularly in the last decade with with many of the new developments, we have seen business centers, business service centers created a, a, or essentially a computer type lab created in in most leasing offices or in most clubhouses that might have three or four terminals and often the 
the primary service provider to the property, whether it's the large cable company, large telco, what have you, is offering services complementary in that in that lab. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a computer you can bring in either your own device or or or, um, or use one of the computers in, in, in this in this uh, business center. And in that environment, I think it's a wonderful opportunity for uh, a fiber to the home provider who is deploying gigabit speed to provide that gigabit speed in that business services center um, or to also, in addition, to also make it available on a wireless platform uh, throughout the common area on the community, whether it's uh, in in the clubhouse uh, or or near the swimming pool or in some of the other common uh, amenities areas of of the apartment community. Mm -hmm. Uh, As it relates to that audience, who, as a, once again, are often 20-somethings, uh, using this service uh, uh, to create apps, maybe to create new business opportunities, I think it's a wonderful idea. And mm-hmm. anything we can do to encourage that is, is certainly a, a, a great part of the adoption strategy for uh, for the service. Mm-hmm. Do I, you – well, sorry, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I do think the big issue in the MDU business, and I, I wanted to touch on this, is that – it operates so differently than single family, and uh, we've talked a lot about bringing solutions and, and, and products to this market. The, the the reason that cable and big cable and big telco have not captured 100% of the market is that some of the key components of success of customer satisfaction or client satisfaction in this business haven't often been accomplished by the bigs in the in this business, and some of the entrepreneurial companies many of whom are, are called PCOs or independent operators, uh, have, have, have brought to this business successfully, are, are focusing uh, on, on the on-site staff uh, in terms of doing very fast installs, very quick response, 24 by 7 call centers, um, more personalized uh, support and service to that community, more customized. Those are the kinds of things that, that operators uh, have to think about if they are targeting the MBU business. It's not just deliver a fat pipe to an MBU, turn it on, and, and step back and watch customers enjoy the service, whether it's offered on a bulk basis or on a retail basis. The, the, the way we uh, support the MBU business is very different than single family. We have mm-hmm. to prepare for much higher churn. We have to prepare that um, uh, the the uh, the appointment set setting. Um, managing installs and disconnects and handling all the things that we typically do as service providers, you now have to deal with an on-site manager and, and be sure that you're providing the, the uh, adequate support to her and her team uh, as well. And I think that's a, a big difference than, than how we deal with uh, single families. Uh, we have much higher churn in multifamily, uh, a, a strong, uh, not, not in the condo business, but in the apartment business, certainly in student housing, you can churn 100% of your units a year in student housing. In a typical uh, upscale apartment community, it could be 50 or 60% a year, as much as 5% a month. Um, that's both an opportunity and a challenge. And and um, and I think we have to build our support team, our technical team, our marketing team, our, our customer care team around the MDU business differently than than how uh, many companies think about the single-family business. So it's more than just bringing the service to the building. It's how we support it as well that will make uh, make or break our, our success in this area. Mm-hmm. Are there still – oh, wait, hold on. We have, a, we have a call coming in. Let me pick this up. 
Hello, this is Gateway Nation. Do we have a caller? Uh, yeah. Hey, Craig. Uh, this is Ron Corvo calling in. Ron, how are you today? Not bad. How are you, sir? Doing well. I always well. like your well. show. Thank you. Um, hey, <laughs> hey, look, I, I had a call, um, or I had a question for um, you gentlemen that really kind of speaks to this whole MBU um, topic. Because, um, and, and I came in a little bit late, so I don't know if you guys touched on this earlier, but um, in MDU communities, I think there's a real opportunity for broadband to uh, really change the quality of life and the appeal that um, that um, uh, an MDU facility can have uh, for not only uh you know the young people that Brian is talking about but i think in every uh aspect every phase of life uh i've seen um services uh for example in sweden where every apartment uh has built-in energy management where you can see how your electricity use your um uh water use um, uh, and uh, uh, other energy like gas uh, compares against other residents in your building and, and also how it compares against where you were last month uh, in a little display by the door. I've also seen um, stuff like telemedicine where in the privacy of your own home you can, um, you know, talk to your doctors for literally a diabetes um, consultation or uh, some of these other things. And first of all, Brian, I'd like to um, I, I'd like to ask you who's doing stuff um, in the MDU space in the U.S. where we can bring out not only these great entertainment services. And I'm with you with um, you know kind of the new model for consuming content. But what I'm talking about is these really advanced. Um, kind of services like telemedicine and uh, energy management and uh, security management, stuff like that. Uh, is there anybody looking um, and implementing these kind of services in the MDU field in the U.S. that you're aware of? So uh, that's a great question, and we, we've gotten into this discussion. Uh, we've spent a lot of time talking about the young apartment customer, the 20-something, Internet-only not traditional TV, but Ron brings up a great point, and that is that the MDU market is made up of other components, and we talked briefly earlier about senior housing and assisted living centers and uh, in, in certain higher-end or even moderate-quality condominiums, you, you may have an older audience as well. And their needs, bringing gigabit broadband to a, a building like that, their needs can be very different, and it's part of this customization strategy. So when we talk about assisted living, uh, home health, home health care, um, the ability to, to offer some kind of monitoring, uh, the ability to talk to a doctor over a, a dedicated video conference call 24 hours a day or a, on an as-needed basis, uh, the ability to um, uh, stay connected with, with family members. Those are things, or as you mentioned, energy management. Those are great applications that uh, a lot of the, the FTTH providers 
that are launching gigabit-like services are just beginning the exploration of. And, and my vision of this business as it evolves will be one where we see an application store or an app store similar to what iTunes has or what Apple has where the, the, the network um, is opened up for companies to, to create home healthcare solutions, home, ener- home automation solutions. There are some out there now, and, and, and a lot of SDTH providers are trialing uh, many of these companies uh, in, certain, in certain markets to see, uh, to see what kind of customer acceptance there is. And I think that that is, uh, as this evolves, the success of our business won't be based solely on providing a very fat pipe to an MDU, but will be tied to the applications that we bring on top of that fat pipe. Uh, and, and Ron brings up some great ones that, that I think will be uh, part of the you know, front and center as, we, as, as this business evolves over time. Well, and, and Brian, you know, one of the points that I'll just make is there are, uh, and because Craig mentioned the whole library, um, you know, how libraries are increasingly taking a role as a place where people can get decent quality Internet that they may not have access to at home. But there are certain applications, uh, for example, um, uh, I, I talk via Skype with my grandson all the time, and, you know, I don't have time to run to the library to do a live video chat with my grandson. And by the same token, I'm not sure I'd feel comfortable, um, uh, you, you know, having a conversation with my doctor or lawyer or, attor- or, um, or accountant. Um, in, in the same kind of uh, interactive way that you can um, uh, do things today from the comfort of your home uh, with truly high-speed Internet. And, and so I, I think that, you know, one of the big challenges uh, in the MDU space is how quickly this turns from being an uh, amenity to being a necessity, a utility that's delivered yep. as part uh, as part of the overall package. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I, I think I think the comment that Craig made about libraries was tied to uh, this this discussion about adoption and using the library as an incubator in some manner. And and, and I, I I guess every every community. Uh, that is that is being uh, considered for fiber to the home. S- some of these communities, the public library doesn't play a very important role today, anyway. And in other communities, it's a, it's still an important uh, part of the of the of the neighborhood of the community. And so we have to look at it on a on a market by market basis. But a lot of the role the library can play, the role a common area in an MDU can play. Is to is to allow consumers to taste taste test gigabit services and 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 get a feel for what it can do. The idea of using it uh, beyond the library on a personal level, I think, uh, for home health or home automation, those are things that you would never do in a public library. But you could certainly have uh, the opportunity to, to to see what those services might mean for you. Certainly, try them once in a Library, library demonstration, and I, I think Craig was speaking to the library as a as a component of the adoption strategy, more so than the solution from a, a consumer standpoint to uh, actually go to the library to use the services. The goal ultimately is to deploy gigabit speed to the residents, 
and give them as many applications, more than just a, a fat pipe, but give them the applications that, that will make the service more meaningful as well. And then that was, you know, and, and Brian is right. That is basically what, uh, you know, what I was thinking of is taking that library strategy or tactic as Don has presented it and talk about doing something similar in essence creating uh, mini uh, test labs. I mean, when you look at, at some of the uh, housing units for seniors, uh, they have a community center built in. Or when, when they were laying out plans for, you know, building community centers using the broadband stimulus money, uh, they, they looked at creating some of these computing centers within uh, uh, MDUs that are primarily geared toward uh, seniors. So it's just taking that one more step as a way of, um, you know, engaging the tenants. In other words, it's a win for the property owner because it gives them uh, something else to sell about their building. And it's a win for the residents because they get something added, you know, because they're there. And then it's, o it's overall good for the community because that unit, that, uh, that building becomes yet one more spot that's, you know, trickling out ideas and apps and so forth that may have a broader audience throughout the community or beyond the community. I think exactly. that's where we're going. So, Craig, you you had a uh, a uh, property manager on your show a month or two ago, um, and you also had a, a resident who was able oh, to yeah. enjoy, um, I don't know if it was a gigabit-level service, but they had a very fast broadband connection for the first time. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about the meaningfulness of, of, of the service, and she spoke about it in terms of it, it helped give her an opportunity to do research for employment, for education. It made her feel part of the community. And, it, and for us as service providers, our goal should be to deploy the product for consumers at all levels, at all different, in all different sub-markets, uh, so they, so we can create that kind of meaningfulness. I thought she did a great job uh, articulating uh, what what this uh, what this fat pipe meant for her. Right, and that was a group in um, uh, Kansas City because they had built an offshoot. It wasn't part of the Google Fiber project, but it was relying heavily on wireless to create. Uh, this capacity, this broadband capacity, and then also provide, um, you know, resources to help those within that community both get online but also to take advantage of it. Because remember, it's not just the access. There has to be, especially for people who are on, getting online for the first time, there has to be a certain amount of hand-holding related resources to help them really maximize that, um, you know, that, that experience. And Absolutely. I shift. We got about ten minutes, so I want to actually shift this to a couple last questions for Ryan, if that's okay, Ron. And uh, we can, you know, you and I can continue a conversation, you know, later to talk about a little bit more of this. But uh, th there was a couple things I really wanted to uh, pick up. One is, um, well, thanks so much, Craig. Oh, I'll, sure, I'll listen. Sure. I'll continue to listen in. All right. Thanks a lot. In, thanks, Ron. Bye. Yep. In. Um, my from my perspective, you know, I look at uh, when you're providing services to the residential consumer, the triple play over the top and so forth is a big factor. On the business side, it seems to me that the greater draw or driver are is the internet services and possibly the phone services, whereas cable TV 
uh, and those sort of over-the-top video services are not as important. Is that a fair assumption when we were talking about the MTUs, the multi-tenant units? Yeah, I, I, I you know, we, it, it really depends once again on the market and the type of uh, offices and, and businesses in those office environments. But it's a great opportunity for us not only to think about the uh, the internet uh, connection for small business in, in an MTU environment, but also to certainly be uh, bundling phone products uh, with with that connection as well, and and not to leave out video. I think video can be a uh, depending on the type of of, of business, um, small uh, offices that that uh, might uh, benefit by having a in a small doctor's office. Uh, CNN in the in the uh, waiting area, or Di- the Disney Channel in a waiting area for a pediatrician's office. Uh, I think there are great opportunities to to sell uh, video services as well. Um, but but clearly, um, from a business standpoint, just as we've been talking about consumer apps, there are some wonderful business apps that can be bundled with with a very fast connection as well. One real quick comment about that: we talk about home automation and the ability to monitor devices in the home and, and who's coming and going, whether you, you're, you're, you're there uh, regularly or not, um, in your business where you've got a n- number of computers and files and, and other uh, important uh, uh, items that you want to keep secure, a, a business automation product is a wonderful application that we can offer in that, in that market as well. So I think we have to look at the MTU business with a, with a similar strategy but different applications for that that audience as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Now, one of the questions that uh, popped in from the chat room, uh, are there any challenges here, you know, when executing an MDU strategy where you have to deal with um, directors of homeowners associations? I know in the housing, like individual houses, people talk about, you know, their homeowner association and all that. But does the same hold, number one, are there homeowner associations in the MDUs, and can they be either a, a hindrance or a help to the broadband strategy? So they they are a, uh, a gatekeeper. And just as the property management company is a gatekeeper in the rental housing market, in the uh, condo market, uh, our, our, our best point of entry will often be either a cable committee or a board of directors or a member of the board uh, as a uh, representative of the of the community, and that is where the sales process will and the business development process will certainly begin. Uh, and, and I think with that market, we we have to uh, begin with an education uh, and, and provide uh, the the various opportunities or, or services that we can offer, and the association. Uh, directors uh, are you know, what I often tell companies is, is when you sit down with a, a a board, you only need one champion on that board to, to to really when the light bulb goes on and says I really understand what you're offering. I think it's wonderful for our community, and uh, that may be somebody on the committee. It may be the president of the board. It may be a board member, or it may just be a, a resident of the community. Uh, but they they clearly are part of that food chain. Uh, that to get to the end user, we, we will go through uh, a condo association. I, I think it's an obstacle. I think it's part of the process. I don't think it's uh, a reason not to be excited about this market. Uh, in fact, a, a condo association, can, uh, the board rather, can, can not only execute a five-year or ten-year agreement to bring your services onto the community and, and can sign a bulk agreement, 
but they can really help you promote your services within the building. And I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of operators come in and, and provide on-site events and, and set up appointments and, and set up booths in the evening in the, in the lobby, um, all driven by a, a board of directors who are excited about uh, bringing a, a new service like this to their building. So it, mm-hmm. it is a step in the process, but it's, it's, it, it's often a, a positive one. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've got about uh, four minutes or so. Maybe it's a good time to talk about uh, marketing, just kind of wrap it up here. Um, should the marketing process be driven in larger part by uh, the property owners or the the folks who have hands-on responsibility at the MDU, I don't know, operations level, or is that something that the broadband project team is, is that should they should be focusing on? It's a great question. Uh, from a, from a contract standpoint, you you really need to go through the property owner. The on-site manager is not the first entry point. The regional manager is not. Uh, if it's a large organization, there may be an ancillary income or a technology or an IT expert who you, you can start with. But um, the property owner will execute the access agreement and structure the deal. Um, but the but from a pure marketing standpoint, whether it's on, on a non-bulk deal where, you, where you're, re, you're selling retail, competing with other providers, the, the sweet spot for our business to be successful is to manage the on-site manager and, and provide him or her with a, uh, with a great understanding of what you're offering um, and, and integrate your marketing with, with her marketing. So that means having great materials at the point of lease. That means starting the, the process of making your, your product Part of the leasing process. That means providing complementary services to staff members, to the business centers we discussed earlier, to amenities areas on the community. Um, it really means integrating yourself with that process. And when there is a hiccup in the business, in the cycle of your operation, and there always is, tracking mud through an apartment or showing up late or uh, the technician parking in the wrong area on the community, uh, when those things happen, and they happen to Comcast and Google Fiber and Time Warner and Fios, and you, you know every provider deals with those things. It's how you respond to it and, and maintaining that confidence at the on-site level. I, I think that's the, the sweet spot in this business is not focusing so much on uh, the decision-maker who may not live at the community, but really managing the staff on-site because that's more important long-term uh, toward customer satisfaction and, and, and from a, a penetration uh, rate of your services than, than anything else you can do. Okay. And, and and one quick comment. It's the one thing that I believe a lot of the big big cable and big telcos do very poorly. So mm-hmm. it's not it's an area of opportunity for us. Right. No, this, this makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's a lot of good um, there's a lot of good advice. There's a lot of good direction. Um, I think in summary, you know, it makes sense to um, think globally, in other words, consider all of your possibilities in sort of the general sense, you know, particularly if you're a mid-size or a larger city, but I think ultimately you have to break it down to the individual you know, the individual categories, you know, the, uh, you know, is this a commercial building as in, you know, uh, incubator kind of building, or is it a bunch of dorms? And I think that how effectively um, broadband project teams do the sort of the customization of their planning and their offers and so forth, that's going to be their key to success. Yeah, I, I, and, and I know we're really short on time. As companies are focused on 
on this space. It, it, my one hope for a takeaway is that companies look at MDU opportunities as a wonderful part of a community anchor uh, and a, an adoption program and, and don't think about this consumer as being secondary to single family. They present great opportunities, uh, but they also uh, require customization and customized solutions and not to think about each MDU as, as the same. They're all unique, but they are great opportunities. Excellent. Uh, thank you. This has been an excellent uh, show. Uh, I, you know, I appreciate all of the good information, uh, high value point. Uh, I wish you much success. I will probably see you in Dallas at the uh, Broadband Summit there. Uh, that sounds great. Being on the show. This has been an awesome. Day. My pleasure. And Thanks, thank Craig. You. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you to our audience. We will see you again next week. Uh, have a great day. We'll talk soon.